Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is uh, Wednesday, the 14th of April, 2020. It's uh, just after two in the afternoon as we record. It's been a couple weeks since we got together, uh, since the crew uh, dropped uh, two games against the league's elite and fallen to seventh place in the Eastern Conference standing standings. We got a lot to talk about here. We being Jacob Myers, the uh, middling crew beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch, Kyle Robertson, the outstanding photographer, and of course our fine producer, Patrick Flaherty, I was just joking about Midland, Midland Jacob, because uh, well, I think in the earlier recording, yeah, so the Shield, who predicted a victory over Nashville two weeks ago, then um, I said, <laughs> okay, Shield. In any case, uh, enough ribbing, Jacob. We we do have a lot to talk about, and I want to start with Federico Higuain, Jacob Myers. Um, Absolutely. Um, that was, uh, you know, that was right after we recorded the last podcast. I was really looking forward to that, and it lived up. I went to that uh, that game and the ceremony, and I thought it was terrific. Um, people, of course, signed a one-day contract so he could retire in black and gold. And I thought the whole ceremony, the signing ceremony on the plaza, the uh, acknowledgement uh, at midfield prior to the game, his children kicking out the ceremonial first ball, balls, plural, um, it—, it had all the pomp befitting a player of his stature and and his importance to to the crew. I I thought it was just really well done. Kudos to the crew. Yeah, I like the part. I'm glad you mentioned at the beginning, Mike. It was just something interesting and and fun and cool to see, like him Peepa being a dad at the beginning, his kids like kicking the balls into the net. I enjoyed that. We got to chat with him. Uh, at halftime, and you know, he said everything. I felt like he he wanted to say of just truthfully how thankful he was for this and he said something very similar when i talked to him after he came back to columbus his first game since the team decided not to resign him after the uh, 2019 season just saying how crazy it was how everything's changed a lot he really likes the facilities and although there aren't a ton of faces he recognizes he he truly does enjoy that the fans, you know, still have an appreciation for him. And and you got to chat uh, with him one-on-one, Mike. Always good to see him. He's a fascinating human being, period. You know, uh, he, he really is. Uh, and, you know, one of the – always a good part of these things are, are a highlight reel, especially when you're dealing with someone like Federico Higuain. And, you know, Kyle, <laughs> the show, chip, 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 oh. back heel pass, <laughs> dummy – uh, uh, free kick goal, you know, I mean, it's just, it was just the chips and there were like eight or eight or 10 of them in the highlight reel were just sublime. You know what I mean? That, that, uh, that internal geometry and kinesis that he, that's just, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, he, Kyle, you saw a lot. You saw all of Federico Higuain. Your thoughts yeah. on the man. Uh, you know, like kind of what Jacob said, uh, you know, I thought it was really awesome. Uh, you know, he came out to sign his one day contract with his daughter. And I think, you know, I think might have been the first time she'd really seen him kind of like being, you know, recognized. And she was having a good time. He was having a good time. Um, but then, like you said, you watch that, you know, you watch the video. And and like you said, I think I forgot how many awesome chip goals he had. And, and <laughs> you know, no one, no one still no one like uses that, you know 
in their abilities like nowadays like he's just so unique in how he thought you know how he could score and and um you know it was just it was just unbelievable and then the tifo that the that they did that was pretty awesome yeah uh, you know that, that i thought that was uh probably one of the better ones they've done throughout their time um but yeah no it was just great to see him and i think he you know i you know i think he laid that laid some of the foundation down to, to, to that stadium, to, to what it's like and, and what, you know, what a, you know, great crew, um, crew team can, can be, and just the importance of having a, a player that has that magic. And, and I think that's, I think that's important. He did everything but won a title and, uh, you'd have to go back and rehash 2015, um, uh, and rather than do that, you can yeah. relive, uh, 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 the Peepa, Peepa's Day uh, at the New Crew Stadium at Dispatch.com. Uh, Jacob had some really good stories on the lead-in, uh, talking to some of his old teammates uh, who were always trying to parse how the guy thought, which was impossible to parse. And, um, you know, Kyle has uh, galleries of stuff from from the signing ceremony as well as, as the game against Nashville that day. And, and I've got a column, too, in there. So check out dispatch.com. Um, follow Jacob and Kyle. Good guys, why don't you just shout out your handles on Twitter? Uh, at Michael A Race One. <laughs> K Rob Photo. <laughs> at underscore JC Myers. All right. Thank you. And of course, we have uh, at the Podfather, too. Um, and just one more thing before we get down to the cruise on the field business um, we should give props. Um, and Kyle, you were there to the U.S. women's national team. Um, which is retooling with a, a new generation of players, kind of reminiscent of what Greg Berhalter is doing with the men. Um, but uh, unlike the men, the women are ranked number one in the world, and they keep right on rolling. Um, nine to one uh, a victory over Uzbekistan here in Columbus last week. Kudos to them. Kyle, um, just a couple of thoughts and or comments on, on uh, what, what you saw there. No, just like you said, the youth movement. I mean, you saw a lot of the younger players that uh, were were onto the squad, and um, you know, it was actually nice to see a team actually score some goals uh, in in Lower dot com. Um, but no, it was a uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, I I, I think uh, I wish it was on a different. Uh, you know, a, you know, maybe like a Friday night or a Thursday night, because I think maybe more more families would have been. I know a lot of uh, uh, youth families were, were you know the start of the soccer season, so I know. Uh, a lot, some of my friends were out of town and couldn't make it. Um, but no, it was just good. It was a great family atmosphere and, and, and it was a good, good show. And, um, you know, you can kind of see this, uh, some of the, uh, future stars. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, and, and, and enjoyed the, the nine goals that they scored. Well, that's an iconic club in the world. And it's unfortunate, Jacob, that, uh, they played on the same night as the crew, the crew was playing. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I wrote up a little something or, or did some reporting on that, just how it all came down to be. And essentially what I found out is, you know, by the time that also goes to they weren't originally going to play Uzbekistan, they were going to play some what I believe the women's national team said was some Asian powerhouse or something like that. A lot of people expect that would have been Japan, but they had to pull out whoever that team was because of uh, COVID protocol. So one, I think the opponent probably hurt attendance a little bit. Also the weather, like I would not sit out in that weather. I actually uh, asked my fiance cause she's a big fan of that team. And she said, if, if it was nicer, she'd consider going. Um, but 
why that happened at the same time as the crew game. Essentially, the crew and U.S. women's national team agreed to this date and the opponent, and then they figured out the broadcast time after. And, of course, the crew, and I don't think any other club would turn down uh, a game if it interfered with an early season MLS road game, even if it was an important one against Philly. And now to the crew, the local 11, on, and, and uh, what's, what's going on on the field. Um, they're coming off two losses, Jacob. Uh, home against Nashville on, on Peepa Day and uh, away at Philadelphia. Both of them one to nothing. And uh, you wake up one day and they're two, two, and two. They've slid to seventh place, um, eight points in six games, 10 goals for, seven against. Um, and, you know, <laughs> that, that, it kind of rang a bell for me. Uh, I went back and checked some things that, that uh, we covered um, in our preview program on this podcast. And uh, that brings uh, Porter's all-time record in Columbus since his arrival in 2019 to 37, 37, and 23 with a plus 15 <laughs> differential. So anyway, that just occurred to me. It doesn't mean anything in context right now because this is a different team. And Jacob, we thought um, a very good team uh, until the last two weeks when they ran into two rather stellar defenses. Um, you know, early goals conceded and uh, blocks. They run into the, the teams backing up the bus and, and they can't solve it. Why don't you take it from here um, uh, with the, with the beginning with the national game and then taking us through the Philly game last weekend. Yeah, and I think a lot of ways you can draw a lot of comparisons. Uh, quite honestly, though the mistakes I'm about to mention were quite different, and, and one by Kyle's favorite player. Um, but <laughs> start, starting with the Nashville game, you know that's a team you and the all the players and Caleb Porter mentioned this before the game. Like they like to sit back in a low block. And I think generally I asked our tour this, this week, um, they're going to expect every team to kind of do that against the crew now until the crews proves that they can score against that. But Nashville gets a goal in the 28th minute, essentially because Pedro Santos slips in the box. And I think oh. it's Alex mule is free for a header. And then Nashville just sits back uh, after that. I, I, the crew weren't great before that goal, but I thought pretty pretty, pretty good uh, for the last 60 minutes of that game and just didn't get a goal. Um, and then, Again, go ahead, should, Mike. We, no, we should just mention a, a national team that was a little undermanned and back. Uh, yeah, yeah, good point. They didn't have uh, Anibal Godoy, Walker Zimmerman, uh, both of whom came in to the game in the second half. Half uh, Daniel Lovitz, a Canadian national team player, uh, also wasn't in there to start. So, yeah, an, an undermanned team. That said, like it's a defense that played just as well without them, and the crew even created better when Godoy and Zimmerman went into the game. Uh, so I don't really know how to kind of read into that, but it definitely left a feeling because we talked about this as we walked out of the stadium, Mike, with those guys out. Um, it, it gave this feeling that that was three points dropped. Yeah, almost like uh, kind of felt like the San Jose game earlier in the year where they were up two goals and, and let it slip away late. You know, yeah. it's it, they have eight points. It could easily be ten or twelve. You know, uh, um, uh, but so it goes. Again, we'll, we'll try to keep this in context here. Kyle, it's what they do. They score a goal, they're happy. But uh, 
they're not exactly. They had, the crew had chances. Zellerone was was awfully close on that free kick there towards the uh, end of the second half. I mean, they yeah. had the XG was you know was was good, right? Oh, the XG. <laughs> Yeah, that was another thing, too, that struck me about that game, Jacob, was uh, Zilla Ryan had some cracks from distance, uh, enough of them where you, you you would suspect, given how spoiled we are with him over the ball uh, anywhere with a, a shooting lane, that one of those would have went in. It was, uh, it was that kind of thing. But now they've gone cold after, uh, after scoring um, 10 goals in their first four games. They have zero in their last two. Um, and I know that uh, Caleb Porter um, is putting pressure on his his forwards to, to change that. Yeah, so after this Philly game, which obviously second minute, I think 90 seconds in, Aloy Room just basically drops the ball into his own net. Um, and, and then from there, you know, I thought the crew, again, created pretty well. Looking at the analytics, is better than what most teams have done against Philadelphia, but it was the same thing. They weren't able to get the goal across despite creating enough chances to get the goal across. And, you know, I, I expected kind of the same thing from Caleb Porter uh, postgame, uh, but what we got was uh, much more passionate and, I guess, not angry, but probably frustrated uh, saying that, you know, essentially saying Jossie, Miguel, Yaoyaboa, and Derek Etienne need to have a bit more desire and hunger to score goals. And I was kind of curious about that because, you know, the last few years, uh, last year with Miguel and, and Jossie, certainly most of his career, certainly in Columbus, it's not like those guys have changed their personality or the way they play at all. And, and they had been scoring in the past. So I wondered, like, what is the difference now and, and I, I feel like I got some more clarity uh, on that when we talked to Caleb Porter yesterday. It's just a couple things here and there, meaning whether it be when the cross is wrong and the run is right, he feels like they should still be able to score, whereas right now they're not. Or if the run is wrong and the cross is right, they should still be able to score and they're not. And what he thinks is the difference there is just, I guess, being a bit more physical. Uh, willing to put your body on the line, uh, which at times Miguel and Jossie have done. But I think honestly, like those guys don't do it all the time. Looking at guys like Joseph Martinez or Raul Rui Diaz, those guys do it time to time. Um, but also Caleb Porter just expects more of this group. And he said so him, uh, himself. So I thought that was really interesting to, to kind of challenge those guys, um, which I don't think he would have done that had he not, you know, felt like he could do that publicly this early in the season. Well, Kyle, I have the quotes here. He's uh, among other things. He said, I've never seen champions that nice. So essentially he called his forwards soft. Um, he said, the attackers need to be more disappointed because they've got to find goals for us. Otherwise we're going to fall short here and I'm going to be losing my job. Um, so he called, you could view it as he called his forwards soft and he said, they're the reason he's going to lose his job. He did say, and he's he's good at uh, at uh, mitigating uh, such such uh, uh, well, how shall we say, criticism uh, by taking some on himself. He said uh, they have to be nastier, and I want him. I want to see them putting their bodies on the line a little bit more to score goals. It's my job to make them tougher. Now, Kyle, 
you're a striker of, of little renown, uh, but of some note. Uh, the coach, have you ever gotten called out like that? I might not be the best person to answer this. I got, I don't, I don't have any neck tattoos. <laughs> you should probably get some. Uh, but uh, what do you yeah. make of that? I mean, it's it's no. hard to score. Yeah, no, it's hard it, to score. Yeah, no, I, he, it is, but he's, I, laying, he's laying it at the feet of the scorers. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I think overall, I mean, I wouldn't. I would I actually, I would, I would classify the crew as pretty soft overall as a team. I mean, they're not. They're going to bring the physical attributes. They're not going to foul you and and kind of you know rough you up but i think that's a little bit what he's looking for he's looking for you know um you know to get to the balls get to the crosses and do all the dirty work and and some some guys have it in them and some guys don't and um but i think that's that's who he decides on who, who he picks i mean i don't think that's anything on him he gets him and bez get to pick out the players if they want somebody a little bit more nasty or more aggressive than you know I don't think that player is, you know, on this roster up front. Yeah. Do you guys? Well, Jacob, let me ask you this. Uh, we know Giassi has scored. Um, he's scored a lot. Um, we know that Miguel Berry scored in a bunch when he was used last season. Uh, Derek Etienne was one of the better forward players on this team earlier this season. Fair? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, um, you know, Yaya Boas knew uh, I give him some leash. Um, but uh, uh, is this purely motivational? I mean, as opposed to what? Yeah. Well, I guess I guess it is. I guess it's uh, it's self-evident that this is just purely a motivational uh, thing to try and get his guys going. Although he, he did call them soft and told them they had to put their bodies on the line. I don't know. That generally speaking, that doesn't go over well with professional athletes. Well, but but if you look okay you look at you look at the the winger guys that the wingers that they brought in and that they have like I don't see them as pass first guys those are guys that that you want to score and you want to get involved in the game I mean Pedro was the last guy that you had that was more of the offense or more of the passive mindset that would like to set up guys so I think you got to look at your wingers and see what type of wingers you have do you have the wingers that that will play that ball in into space or are they going to try to score first to answer your question mike it is motivational then your your other kind of question is like is it the right thing to do or could this go the other way right yeah yes and i think caleb porter believes that he can push these guys buttons because he thinks they have it in them to be the type of physical player that he needs them to be now if that turns out to be true or it you know, if it goes the other way that they find it demeaning in some way, uh, I guess we'll find out. But I think you're right. I think the proof will be in the back of the net or not. Yeah. And, and you know, if people want to get a look at, I guess, specific plays, because I wonder this specific plays that he's talking about in areas they can be a little more nasty, as as he said, rewatching some of the highlights. Look at the 43rd minute. Um, there's a play with I believe Miguel in front and I'd have to revisit again, but he either doesn't get on the ball or sorry, it was an Etienne cutback that Miguel tries to take a touch on it instead of just putting his foot through it quickly um, and into the net. So I think little things like that are kind of the adjustments he's looking for overall big picture and, and being a bit nuanced about this. 
Caleb Porter said, if that's, if those are worse teams, Nashville, Philly, say they're playing a Cincinnati or uh, I guess you could throw an Austin in there. I think Miami. they find, sure. Yeah. Miami. Um, they, I think they find a goal or two in those games. We're talking about what you said, Mike, a very good start to the year. Maybe not so much now. I think what we've learned these past two games is the crew are a good team. Analytics say so both sides of the ball but they're not at that Nashville, Philly. I mean, New England's not off to a good start, but they're not at that tier yet. So I think what he thinks to get the crew to that tier is to being getting guys like Miguel Berry or Derek Etienne, who I think can be um, nasty in the box and, and just physical player. It, that's how they're going to get there. So well, I, I think some of those guys have it, but I'm not. I don't think anyone should panic after these two games because largely they looked how they have been looking. It's just they haven't gotten the goal yet. Fair enough. New England and uh, NYCFC off to slow starts. Kyle probably uh, in part because of their uh, their uh, the, the games they're playing outside of MLS, obviously. Um, uh, but um, that said. Uh, here comes in the next game, second place Orlando uh, with 11 points in seven games. They're uh, behind Philly, which has 16 points in six games. But Orlando's in second place right now, just ahead of the Red Bulls uh, in the Eastern Conference. Um, three, two, and two, eight goals for seven against. And uh, uh, here they come in the new Crew Stadium Saturday at 7.30. So once again, facing some of the iron of the league. Um, Kyle, uh, this will, uh, I think we've been talking about whether the proof's going to be in the back of the net or not. I think we're going to start to find out um, pretty quick against another excellent team here. Yeah. I mean, you said it right. I mean, I mean, they've had the chances, you know, what, um, where did it come out? What was their XG? Aren't they one of the league league leaders? XG they, so they are, yeah, they're top in the league. I know Mike loves that stat, but yeah. Their XG is two, two and two. <laughs> I, I, that's their XG to me is 500. But I mean, what I mean, I, I, I guess if, how do I say, it? if you're struggling to score goals, at least statistically, you the XG says you're doing okay. So I guess that's a better place to be than if you're not scoring goals and then the XG is way down low. Like you're not having those quality chances. Like last year when the crew were getting results, but they yeah. were one of the league's worst in that. Uh, I think that came out to to be true, but and the difference was last year New York City was in the same spot. They weren't really getting the results they deserved based on analytics, um, and ended up winning. So, I, but I don't think the crew has like a, a Tati Castellanos up top, and, and that's kind of what we're talking about here. Well, there is such a thing as uh, G money. Um, as far as I know, there's no such thing as XG money. Um, but anyway, Orlando's up next, uh, Jacob. What does the health of the team look like, and what do you expect the lineup to be in the formation? I think it'll be exactly the same. Um, Josh Williams is getting healthier. They used uh, a Crew 2 game the day after the loss to the Union. Uh, it was also in Philly, so they took a lot of guys with them. I think it was like five or six guys, including Josh Williams, uh, got some playing time to kind of get some minutes together. Uh, everyone else, uh, Isaiah Parente is back in training, doesn't play much. He'll play more of a crew too, uh, but no one else is uh, unhealthy, So, uh, which is good. And our tour continues to remain healthy. I feel like it's always worth updating uh, on here. All right. Uh, Kyle, anything to add? I'm good. Well, well, you don't want to talk about Aloy Room, Kyle. 
Um, well, you know, we, sh- we should mention him. I mean, I think it's, it's worth talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kyle's a big fan. The guy's a good uh, goaltender. Uh, no doubt about that. He's the crew's guy. Um, uh, all that said, uh, there are criticisms that he's often flat footed. And uh, as uh, Jacob uh, uh, recounted in one of his stories uh, recently that uh, he's caught uh, flat footed on crosses uh, too close to his net. Kyle, how, I mean, how do you weigh all of these things? Oh, I mean, I, I've been, uh, you know, been harping on him for a while about him not being able to move off the line to get to get a ball, you know, that he tends to let guys get a little too close, um, you know. And so then he finally moves a little bit and, and, you know, tries to get across and then, you know, basically throws it in his own net. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was, I'll tell you what, though, credit to him, Jacob. He made three saves against Philly that were, uh, oh, yeah, uh, he looked like Patty Roy. And I think that's yeah. exactly I, I, when writing what you had mentioned, Mike, and, and kind of my post game uh, story. I, I wanted to be careful with it because sure. he did keep them in in the game, uh, yeah. but he also cost them the game. So I think it's exactly that. Like he needs to. What Kyle's saying, he needs to improve. And I'm not going to pretend to be a goalkeeping expert. Just what I see, I feel like he could look at uh you know Philly's uh, goalkeeper uh, Andre Blake. How kind of in charge he is in command of those moments coming out of his box to get up in the air and grab a ball. I don't see that with Aloy, uh, mostly the Red Bulls game where he just tried to punch a second ball, but was late to it, but he's a good shot stopper. So you kind of take, take, you know, you're good with your, your poison, I guess. Do they have, do they have a philosophy? Do you, do you know what the goalie philosophy is? I have no idea. Stop stop shots. Probably. I I would, I would (laughs) say this like, for me, you don't have to make it that complicated. Uh, Kyle, um, if your kid was, uh, if you took your kid to a goalie camp for for nine year olds, would staying on your toes be the first or second thing he learned? Right near the top. <laughs> yeah, and so I don't know. Me to my eye, when I see uh, uh, Eloy Room, who's a fine goalkeeper, flat footed, uh, I I just scratch my head, you know. But it seems though he has the issues on crosses and and corner kicks and and like he just doesn't want to come off his line to make that save around the six yard box or you know and so I think teams know that they can get that close and that they can attack that area you know but I mean I I don't know what else you do I mean I, uh, good 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 try good try Kyle. Uh, no, that's, no, it's good stuff here. Um, Eli Rowan, we know, is a, is a fine goalkeeper, and uh, and he has room for improvement. I guess you could say that about just about anyone on the team, especially all the forwards that the coach is calling out. So I, I think we'll leave on that note. That's Orlando at the new Crew Stadium Saturday at 730. Another tough opponent for the crew. Jacob, anything to add before we sign off here? Not really. I, I just think they're in a spot now where uh, it kind of raises stakes for this game. You, you can't you can't lose three three in a row, and then w- what we're going to hear is, "Oh boy, here they go again." <laughs> All right. Well, that's um, that's about enough yammering for us. Um, Patrick Flaherty was talking way too much during this podcast. Patrick, thank you for your engineering skills per usual. For Jacob Myers and uh, Kyle Robertson, I'm Mike A. Race, and we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Once again, check out all of Jacob's and Kyle's fine work at Dispatch.com. And Patrick, kick us out of here now. <laughs>